My name is Ibi Aslam and you're listening to Ibi Aslam Uncensored. Welcome to my podcast where we discuss property, business, lifestyle and well-being. If this is the first time you are visiting us, then please hit the follow button on your app. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there. So what's your plans today then? After this? Yeah. Definitely coffee. That has to feature <laughs> somewhere. And then, yeah, no, just come back. So do you drink a lot of coffee? Work. Oh, so much coffee. Really? You know, this natural energy and vibe of mine. It's just caffeine. <laughs> that's the secret. Is that the secret? <laughs> yeah, that's the secret. So you like how many coffees a day? Five or six. Wow. Okay. <laughs> this is so bad. It's I don't even know the science behind it, or even yeah. if it's good for you or not. But I know a lot of people that say coffee gets us through the day yeah so it yeah. must be some something to it right yeah i'm adhd so my brain is a little bit different and whereas coffee will send a lot of people wild it just keeps me on a nice even slightly above average kind of energetic level yeah well i guess adhd is a, is a good thing in business or i'd say so yeah right yeah i can't say that's true of everyone but for me it's definitely my superpower you know what we had um He's a psych, something to do with psychology yeah. or something on last, I think it was last week or the week before that. And he said the same thing. Yeah. He said, ADHD is my superpower. Yeah, yeah. So what is ADHD? Is it just obsessed over what you're doing? It can be that, but um, I actually, I'll talk about the negative side as well. It affects my concentration. So oh, does it? procrastination. So when I was at uni, yeah. I would wait until... The day before that, you know, assignment had to be in and then I'd just hyper-focus, get it done within a few hours and still get the top grade. But wow. it caused me a lot of stress running up to it, thinking, right, I know I've got to do it. I'm meant to be doing it. And I'd make myself really busy doing completely unrelated stuff that I shouldn't be doing, just preoccupying myself to rather than just knuckling down and getting it done. But it did get done in the end, so that yeah, still yeah. affects me now. Does it? But yeah, that hyper-focus, when you are on and you are focused, you can knock out some incredible level of work very quickly. But I guess you know yourself, right? And you know that works for you. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, Samara, thank you so much for coming on today. You're more than welcome. Thanks for um, having me. You are an Amazon FBA coach and a mentor. You've helped, according to your Instagram, over 1,350 people. That's it. You do Airbnb? Just about starting that, I, yeah. I'd, I'm gonna, I'd love to talk about that yeah, as well. Yeah, sure. You know, one thing I've, I've noticed is when I've looked at your page, you are an incredible marketer. Oh, thank you. Right? You have probably a really good community. And, you know, the way you market your products and the way you come up, I, I almost say, like, it's, it's genius because your personality is at the forefront and the way you've mixed the marketing and your personalities is the perfect combination how have you done that wow so i had some great careers advice when i was 18 at sixth form and we did some really in-depth psychometric tests and when it came out with my ideal career it said oh you should be a marketer and i thought right sack that off i'm just gonna go and do a normal nine to five job and i started my career in housing in the local authority but it felt so oppressive. I wasn't able to be myself. I am quite a naturally 
bubbly, eccentric, a bit zany kind of character. And that didn't fit well in the corporate environment. So yeah, in the end, I did revert back to my natural career of marketing. And I think you just have to be authentic and who you mm. are. Like if I'd have tried to fit myself into a box, none of this magic would have ever happened and, and the coaching career would never have taken off. So I think it's just about being kind to yourself and acknowledging that Allah's giving every person a, a set of skills and talents and abilities and just having the confidence to not really care what other people think. I accept not everyone's going to like me. I'm not going to be everyone's cup of coffee. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, for the people who, who are aligned with what I, I want to achieve in life, they will naturally gravitate towards me so but thank you for your compliment that means a lot no but it's so true though right because it's it's a few key things you've just said there like don't care what people think there is going to be people that that like me there is going to be people yeah. that don't like me you've come to accept that right where most will never even get to that stage like oh my god i've just had a negative comment or yeah. i can't believe what this person thinks of me how do you even get to that point or i begin to even shift that mindset it's been um, something that's evolved i can't say like it was always the case and even now when i get a really ignorant comment it yeah. still riles me up and i get <laughs> angry and i think oh my gosh this is why i'm a seven-figure entrepreneur and you're still on the dole i'm sorry to say there's a mindset issue <laughs> that that needs to be addressed but yeah i can't say i'm perfect it does annoy me sometimes the haters but I can't let it get to me and I can't let it hold my hold me back because you're only ever going to get hate from people who aren't quite at your level, people who are above you or who you aspire to be. You know, that good company, they will only encourage you. So I think, well, what can I do? I, I'll be that person who encourages people, who's really positive. So if I can't change the world, at least what I can do is, is control my behaviour and and that role model that I want to be for the Muslim community. I love that. That's Aww. so, so powerful. In your words, what is, what is the difference between a coach and a mentor? And what are you? Or are you both? Or just Yeah, yeah so th there are a lot of definitions out there, but a coach can be really helping you find the answers within yourself by reflective questionings. But mentoring is really um, when someone asks, well, how would you do it? then you're able to explain and guide them through a set process or a proven blueprint. So my program, I would say, is a bit of both. Um, and I think I'm naturally quite a motivational person, but I'm also very systematic and I was able to knock out a framework that repeatedly works. So if everyone comes to me and follows my program step by step, yeah. We do guarantee that they will be making sales on Amazon or we will extend support for free until they do. So it's definitely both. We have that encouragement and aspirational stuff. We talk about mindset and unleashing success, but there's also a system that does need to be followed. What is it you do then exactly? What is Amazon FBA? Amazon FBA is an e-commerce platform. Of course, we're all familiar with Amazon. You know, even your nan and your next door neighbor's dog orders from Amazon. Amazon right yeah. now um, but what I established was it's great for particularly Muslim women like myself and I wanted you know to have representation at that level when I started out there was no 
Muslim coaches. There were no female coaches. So there's a need to learn e-commerce. There's a need to learn business. It's a halal source of income. So I thought, well, why not me? You know, why not let me be the one who sticks my head above the parapet and shows other people? So the FBA element is, it stands for Fulfillment by Amazon. So whereas with eBay, you'd list your products for sale, but then you'd be the one responsible for going out in the rain and the wind, posting your stuff, posting your orders. And the post office, right? Yeah, and I thought, right, sack that off. I'm not getting wet <laughs> every day. That's not going to happen. So when I figured out, well, Amazon will do that for me mm. for a price, of course, but they will store store the stock. They will post out the orders for you. They'll deal with customer service. I was like this is a dream, you know, I've stumbled on something incredible here. So I will focus on finding the right products to sell, but Amazon handle all that difficult stuff that I didn't want to do. So for Muslim women, it's a great source of income because you're not having to go out into the corporate environment. It's flexible, can be done from home, but without all the scamminess that comes with working from home opportunities, because of course Amazon's totally legit and household name. Yeah, it's interesting. So you mentioned Muslim women. So is that your core audience? Or like, for example, if somebody else came that was non-Muslim, do you still say, I'm, I'm open no, to we'll, everybody? No, we'll be happy to work with anyone, but my curriculum does include Islamic elements. So I am not a scholar. I don't know a lot about Dean, but I don't think as a Muslim woman, I can separate Islam from what I do. For, for me, Islam is my guiding force. It's my complete way of life. So I think, well, I can't separate it. We have to incorporate it. Because, you know, there's a lot of rules around trading, around um, income and wealth and honesty in trade. So a lot of FBA coaches don't give a damn about operating ethically and morally and, and from a place of integrity. And to me, that's really important. Yeah. Um, so it is infused within our curriculum. But, yeah, we're, we're happy to work with anyone who meets our standards. So... You know, it'd be 99% of people want to earn more money, mm. but I don't want to work with 99% of people because yeah. there are, we have to have some criteria that people um, have got the money to invest, they've got the time to invest, they're prepared to take it seriously. Yeah. So what I learned in coaching fairly early on is not everyone's my ideal client. And if you get a client who isn't aligned, going to give you a headache <laughs> so yeah, yeah. it's about making people now audition for a place inside our program that we get to call the shots and if people want to work with us they've got to prove themselves that they're willing and able to operate at our level I think that was a game changer so basically what you're saying is that you're open to everybody but they have to be accepting the fact that there is going to be Islamic teachings in this program and you come from them principles. Yeah. So if yeah. they're open to them, yeah. then you're more than welcome. Totally, yeah. yeah, yeah more yeah. than happy. Got it. Okay. Does somebody has to do have to do this full time or can they treat it as a side hustle and still make a success out of it? Yeah, so this is one of the questions I get asked, you know, most frequently. So what I did was establish well, what's the minimum time requirements? Yeah. And you know, I reviewed everything and I felt, well, 10 hours, if you can dedicate 10 hours to this business, then you can make it work. But I'll be completely transparent. The results are proportionate to the amount of time you put in. So a student who can put in 40 hours a week yeah. is gonna scale further, faster, quicker, 
than someone who's only able to offer 10. But that said, don't want to discourage anyone. We all have to start somewhere. And if that means starting small and starting with the minimum 10 hours, that's better than not starting at all. So yeah, 10 hours a week is what we say is the minimum. In them 10 hours, what does somebody have to do? research or is it what's going on so there's a lot of strategy involved in amazon fba people have this really big misconception that oh this looks like an interesting product let me stick it on amazon you can't make decisions based on your emotions or what you like Mm. you have to sell the products that have got an established um organic sale history that they're popular and sometimes we struggle because We only see life through our own lens. I'm a 43-year-old woman and I like fluffy notebooks and cool pink pens. But, you know, there are a lot of diverse people out there and it's not about just selling stuff that you're inclined towards. I actually teach people to step out of that and serve the whole of the nation. You know, some people buy pet bowls, they buy spare kettle parts. It's not just sexy products or stuff that you like, you know, you have to- It could be toilet roll, right? Exactly, yeah, let's take it down to that level. It could be toilet roll. So I teach people how to check data, sales velocity, your profit margins, teach a lot of CEO skills as well, like discipline, like how to be committed to the business, how to cope with the curveballs that Amazon will throw at you. So it's very much um, a mentorship program in terms of becoming a business owner rather than just an Amazon FBA seller because as we might come on to talk about, FBA is just the start. What is the journey that you take somebody on then? Firstly, they have to commit to your... What is it, 16? Is this 10? It's a it's the 90 day program, so 90 12 day. weeks. Yeah. Okay, so I, I guess this is like a group thing that you do? Yeah, so we have two group, group calls a week, but I thought, well, what can I do a little bit differently? Where's the gap in the market? And what I established was people have got information overload. I don't need to give people information. Information's available on YouTube. What I need to do is step in and give someone a a guiding handhold through the process. So to help people implement. So we do have um, one-to-one elements within my program. People can book unlimited one-to-one sessions on Zoom. And we're the only program to offer that, which is why, yeah, yeah, not with me, but with my team. So I've got a team of 12 now, Alhamdulillah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I do not, do the one-to-one coaching myself anymore but i do lead the group calls because that's my zone of genius okay so so you like you've now trained up like 12 people what yeah. you're in your team if anybody needs help from the people that sign up to your mentorship they've got them on the call on so, zoom or, yeah or whatever, yeah, yeah. So what do i do here what do i do here definitely so, yeah. yeah and we do screen share as well so we can actually over the shoulder look inside your amazon account to say right click here Here's how you send off the product. Here's how you print your labels off. So it really is high level, high touch point uh, support. Yeah. So how does somebody get access to you then? What if somebody like, is that a different element no, of program? So I'm in the community group. We have a really supportive comradeship of people, squad, squadron really, of people who are going through everything with you. Yeah. So that's 24-7 access to the private group. And I'm inside there daily answering questions. And I lead one of the, the calls every week. So people will ask me anything they want. And so I you're share. available in the community? Yeah, definitely. 
But if somebody came to you and said, look, I want to work with you, Samara, like, what's the price like? Do you have something in, in place for that as well? No, because um, I'm not the kind of coach who comes up with multiple offers, you know, trying to sell into loads of different programs. What I thought was, right, I'm going to develop one program. Yeah. I'm going to stick at it. I'm going to tweak, optimize, improve, make it the best it is. And I'm going to just keep focused on that one core program all the way up to seven figures. Alhamdulillah, now at two million coaching revenue from that one program. So I would say, actually, you don't need to work with me individually. You need to work with my program yeah. because that will deliver better results than working with me because there's a great element of group coaching that holds you um, accountable to a higher level mm. than if it was just me working with them. Because you're not only accountable then to yourself, but to the whole group, because I make sure everyone shares their wins, shares their perspectives. So you learn a lot from being in a group environment. And I would challenge anyone who wants to work one-to-one one -one with an Amazon coach. It's far better. You will get better results working in By a doing group in a environment. Group, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Tell me, like, how much money can somebody make from this? So incredibly, I've got um, a young couple who've hit seven figures this year so within the last 12 years they've made a million that's revenue so let's just be really really clear this is the top line figure so in terms of profit amazon fba tends to be 15 to 20 percent profit and some people balk in horror saying 20 percent profit i wouldn't get out of bed for 20 percent profit but actually when you look at rental yields or when you look at franchises or fast food restaurants you're looking at 5% margins, 10% margins. So actually a 20% margin on a seven-figure turnover. Dude, you're still earning 200K a year. Yeah. So yeah, alhamdulillah. Interesting. So, so, the, so I was going to get to that question and you beat me to it. So basically, if you are looking to get into the Amazon FBA uh, space, that business model, you're looking at 15 to 20% basically profit yeah. margin. Yeah. Let's talk about your social media. You put an incredible amount of work like into that do you actually post yourself or do you have a team that does that i, I really i mean really intrigued to i know. have a team but um so i actually don't have a team i have one individual but she's great she's my marketing assistant she's based in the philippines um i have a very unique voice and i don't think like tools like chat gpt i can't get anyone to write my captions for me it's me writing all the captions and the typos and the spelling errors i'm owning it <laughs> um, but yeah so she will edit the videos but it's me who records the content and writes the captions i don't think maybe i'm a bit of a control freak <laughs> maybe no, a little bit i don't think so i can't hand that over i wish i could but it just wouldn't be the same yeah, well, I've tried it in the past where yeah. I've, you just, with your captions, it's representations of you. Yeah. So there's no way you can allow someone, because nobody can think what you're thinking, mm. right? That's it, yeah. So it's, and it's just so important. They could get one word wrong. Yeah. And the whole caption could mean totally different. You're absolutely right, yeah. I was interested to know because, like, I do all my captions. Yeah. And like, and I just think it's just so important. So you do your caption and then someone does the posting basically. Yeah, the scheduling and the repurposing, you know, across other platforms. Yeah, that's interesting. So how often do you record then? Like, because I was looking at your page, you post once a day? Yeah, yeah. Even to do once a day, like I know it takes effort. 
What's your strategy behind that? I think you have to consider everything is content. You know, when you're just working at your desk, that's still content. So just get a lot of footage recorded. Um, then we have a, a Slack channel. So I actually just do it on a day-by-day -day basis. We've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all in different channels. And I just send the content through with the caption on a day-to-day -day basis. So we don't batch content, really. Okay. Um, it is just because I like to be a bit spontaneous and I can feel a bit restricted, you know, for people who've got a whole 30 days of content recorded, I, I can't. I just have to do it day to day. I suppose it's because it's your job as well. You're doing this day in, day out. Yeah. It's easier for you to get the content then, right? Yeah. And I think you have to take it seriously. Marketing's such a massive part of getting your name out there and your validity. And some people say, well, oh, I can't be bothered today. I thought, well, get bothered because this is your job and you have to take it seriously as your job. If you couldn't say to your boss, you know what boss, I don't feel like turning up and showing up today. Um, you have to be disciplined. It's very easy to get a bit too relaxed when you're a CEO, when you've got your own business because you make the rules, but those rules have to support your business. Um, that's why I don't consider my business a personal brand. I don't want it to be a personal brand. I want it to be a business that can actually run without me at the end of the day. So I am looking at ways of automating things, um, systemizing things, but you, you do have to take your social media seriously and always be looking to improve as well. You're absolutely right. Like running a business is all about systems and yeah. delegations and automations and where are you on that journey then? So I've got someone over in America who's been working with me for a couple of years and she's like a tech genius. Right. So I'm pretty good at mapping out, you know, how I want things to work. And then I hand it over to her and she will do all the back end stuff. And it, yeah, that works incredibly well. I think you can't be all things to all people as well. Yeah. You know, discover what your strengths are. Lean into your strengths, improve yourself. But there's also things that other people are going to do better than you. And you have to let your ego get, you know, under, under wraps and think, well, actually, some people, yeah, will do it quicker, faster and to a higher level of competency than I could myself. And if you have to pay them to do it, then you damn well pay them. So true. So what's your situation with, because I know you put a lot of stories out as well. So do you actually do them yourself and just put them out? Yeah. A lot of stories, right? What, yeah. what do you do, about nine, ten a day, or is it less? I actually find, you know, when you get to that level, your reach drops a little bit. So I think for stories, it's probably better to just do three or four a day. Otherwise, I notice my view count goes down. But really? yeah, some days, if I'm having a busy day, I'll just think, oh, I'll just share that as well. Let's talk about Instagram. How long have you been on Instagram now? About three years. Now, Instagram's my primary platform. Is it? But I think for many people emerging in business, I would be encouraging you to look at TikTok. Wow, um, okay. Yeah. So I got banned on my ads account for TikTok because they said I was promoting get-rich-quick schemes, which I was well annoyed <laughs> about because if there's one thing I don't promote is get-rich-quick schemes. FBA is get rich slowly, basically. So yeah, because of that, I feel that they, they're punishing me a bit and my reach on TikTok isn't great. Like I only get three or 400 views on each post. Right. But there are a lot of, of my competitors who are doing really, really well on TikTok. So yeah, I would say TikTok is probably 
one platform that no one should shy away from. But for me, I've got my loyal audience on Instagram. On Instagram, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you think Instagram has changed a little bit over the last year or two? Like, I have heard some like the algorithms are not the best. Is that just a myth, or what have you experienced? Actually, the opposite for me. For years, I felt like I was flogging a dead horse, and I'd record this amazing content, and it would get like two views and one negative comment. But actually. Currently, over the last four months, something's clicked. The algorithms learnt who my audience is and we're growing about two to three hundred people a day. Wow. Can't complain. Like, it's madness. It took me so long to get to this point, but fingers crossed it'll carry on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's interesting. You mentioned Google Ads briefly. And how much do you actually spend? With you? What's your marketing budget? Um, so we do a little bit of influencer marketing. So oh, rather than ads, yeah, I, I think it's a good idea to jump onto other people's audience. So probably spend about 10K a year on various collaborations with influencers who will just record a video for me and maybe do a live interview. Other than that, my ad, like Facebook ads, is very, very minimal. Um, oh, really, is it? Yeah probably spent no more than 10k on Facebook ads in the whole of my three years. Yeah, yeah. Most of it's organic. LinkedIn, is that any good for you? Or So LinkedIn is a good platform if you're doing B2B or your target audience is professionals. So we do have some customers come through from LinkedIn, but primarily now I would say it's word of mouth and that feels Back to so the old school good. way, right? Yeah, so good to finally be in that position where people take me seriously and people realise that it's not a scam. Dudes, if if I was a scammer, trading standards would be on my back, you know, way before now. So yeah, I'm so, so humbled that it's now word of mouth is our, our biggest channel because it means actually, yeah, we've got that credibility now that I was always craving. Yeah. Because yeah. it hurts, you know, I'll be vulnerable. It, hurts me when people will say oh you're a scammer samara i think is your iman so low that you can't believe allah can give people wealth and blessings he gives people children houses health wealth is just simply another blessing from allah so rather than believe that i've actually just been successful and all good is from god you'd rather call me a scan a scammer when yeah. you don't know me and that that really impacted me for a long time. So now that people come to us through word of mouth and positive recommendations, I feel we've overcome that hurdle now. Well, that's good. Yeah. At, least, at least you've, you know, are you a workaholic where you work seven oh, yeah. days a week? Oh <laughs> yeah, definitely. Seven days a week? When I was building my coaching program, it was like an 80 hour week and I'm, I'm laughing, but it's not healthy and it's not good. And I lost that work-life balance. Mm. Um, but as I've become more successful and started to automate elements in my business, I'd say I'd probably do six, five to six hours a day now. Right. Um, sometimes weekends. So, so how's your what's your routine like then? Are you like after six, no, not on the phone, or are you like you on the phone in the morning, first thing in the morning, and first before you go sleep? What's what is it like for you? I try and just deal with the household stuff first, and um, that brings me a lot of comfort. Still being able to clean the kitchen and do mad stuff like that. It's, uh, but then once that's done, I will just step into work mode, and um, my work will consist of 
replying to messages, um, improving the coaching program, planning the content and things yeah, like yeah, yeah. that. But yeah, we're also involved in a number of other businesses. You can't stay still. And you know, every the big thing was I never expected to become a millionaire. So when I became a millionaire, like, well, what do it? What? How do I manage this money? I've now got a hell of a responsibility. Yeah. Not to lose it or to invest it wisely, and it's not my money as such. It's the company's money. Yep. So I feel I have to manage it really well and make wise investments. So a lot of my time in the last year has been looking at properties, stocks and shares. Uh, I'm starting a wholesale business as well this year. So, well, what do you do with the money once you've got it? Yeah. And how can I use it as a source for good as well for the community? No, no, to totally 100%. And properties is definitely one. Yeah. And buying businesses, right? Yeah, 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 for um, sure. So let's talk about property. So what's your journey been like in property? Well, my husband's a, a chartered structural surveyor. So we've got that as an advantage. And my master's degree was actually in housing. So property was a natural development. So we bought our house. Um, we bought a house with a seven-figure price tag. Oh, it's in rack and ruins. Like, you know, I've seen on your page the, the problems with workmen, reliabilities, <laughs> like we have the same problem. Yeah. So we're renovating our own home and we're going to be renting that out as Airbnb and a venue for weddings, bridal, bridal showers and baby showers is massive right now in the community. We're, we've also bought another property, which we're going to be airbnb but that's just in the queue for renovations. So you're basically buying the property, doing it up for Airbnb, so, and then advertising it to people who can use it for baby showers and- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. we'll be living in the main property as well. Yeah. And um, when we've got bookings, we're just gonna decant into one of our other properties or just go and, on holiday, you know, for the weekend and unplug from life a bit and go to the Lake District. This is the plan. You know, it might be a bit idealistic, we'll see. Yeah. In business, you always have to be prepared for the unexpected, don't you? Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah. Airbnb is really, really good cash flow. Yeah. But it's just that it's a business, so you have to yeah. treat it really seriously. Like, even the cleaning, I'm like, I will live in a pigsty, but <laughs> you cut, you have to let that property out at a standard, like, way above what you'd accept in terms yeah. of cleanliness and things like that. Yeah, and it's the little touches that make the difference. Yeah. 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 So what sort of whole bit sale business you said you're getting into? What is that? Is that... So what I realised is um, there's a gap in the market um, for wholesalers who are police, this is a bit more complex and strategic, who police the pricing. Because what will happen is people who've had no Amazon FBA training will go to wholesalers, shove the products on Amazon, but they will get involved in what's called a, a price war. So rather than pricing up and protecting those margins, these idiots will price down. So there's like one P profit. I'm like, no, I'm gonna set up a wholesale business that I will enforce if you are contractually gonna buy my products, you are not to devalue the brand by selling something for that's worth 20 quid for 10 quid. So I'm gonna make sure that that's policed. And what the benefit for my clients will be is that I protect their profit margins. So this is mainly gonna be for my Kickstarter students, my mentoring students. Interesting. I'm actually gonna provide that wholesale service for them so that they can keep positive um, uh, 
ROI and profit margins. Yeah, so it's just an extension of what you're, yeah. what you're already doing and you're, you're thinking yeah. out, you're thinking long term here. Definitely. Already, so I've, I've, I'm collaborating with another big player in the industry who's got more branding knowledge than me. So she's got a lot of experience bringing products to market. So I mainly do arbitrage Amazon selling, which is buying existing brands and selling them like the likes of Colgate, Oral-B, Thornton's Chocolates. I'm, I'm a reseller, whereas she's got experience bringing her own products over from China. So got it. we're working together. Since you mentioned that, so see the pe people that join your program, uh, when you show them how to do the research and get the right yeah. products and et cetera, et cetera. Is it, they buy from UK or yeah, is it, right, okay. So it's yeah. not from China or, or somewhere no, else? No, so that's more the private label model. Right. I, I do have a private label product as well. It's quite new for me, so I don't consider myself an expert or I don't consider myself competent yet to teach others. I think you have to have a degree of competency so when i know what i'm doing with yeah, my yeah. private labeling i might extend um, okay so you teaching. literally buy from uk and then we you sell yes if anyone was to just go and i challenge anyone to go and open your kitchen cupboards or your bathroom cabinet all those products you can see there's potential for you to make money selling them on amazon so things like argos when they're doing a three for two offer or tesco doing a buy one, get one free, yeah. you're leaning into these special offers yeah. um, and selling the product for full price. But you know, if you've got one free, you're making profit on that third item, aren't you? Interesting, interesting. So what's your background? Which country are you? So I'm a British white revert. Okay, when did yeah. you revert? Oh, I've been Muslim more years than I've not been Muslim. So I was working um, with the refugee community. It was my job to support the new arrivals, the asylum seekers from Iraq, from Afghanistan, from um, Somalia. I have a very warm affection for Somalian ladies. So yeah, they taught me about Islam, not like by the book, but through their character. These ladies have been through war and torture, extreme po poverty and trauma. And I'd go to their houses to give them their money and help them settle. And they'd have nothing but a prayer timetable on their wall. Mm. But they were just the most incredible women. And I thought, right, so they've got nothing, yet they are so happy, so grateful. They have such an amazing character. What is it that they've got? that I haven't and it was their faith so that's how I became Muslim wow and when was this how many years ago I was 21 and I'm 43 now get the calculator out <laughs> <laughs> didn't do the maths of it but yeah it's yeah. quite a 22, long time 22 21 awesome. there you go <laughs> I think so yeah don't put me on the spot don't make me do public maths it yeah. will I'll fail so would you say that was the best decision you ever made definitely yeah really I, I'd felt I was always Muslim but I just didn't know it like I didn't really like going out and getting drunk which white young white girls do you know it's what we did but it didn't really feel like me but islam just felt like you know a hand within a glove it was just the, the good fit for me okay um what do you think of the conversation like do you think there's a is a conversation going on about faith at the moment in just in the world in the uk uh, generally what's your thoughts on that from what i've ob observed is that there is a bit more of a conversation about faith, whether that's whatever that means to somebody. What's your thoughts on that? I think everyone's unique. It's going to matter more to some people than to others. Yeah. All I can do is share my experiences. You know, 
I've learned in life never to judge people, whether you're Muslim, not Muslim, good, bad, whatever, we are, we are all one bad decision away from a catastrophic life, you know? Mm. So it's not my place to judge anyone's faith, to be honest. I just know what, what helped me in my life and what's my guiding source and my rock. And, you know, if I can share my story and influence other people positively, you know, even one person, then I'm, I'm very happy to have that discussion. Yeah. I became a patron this year of um, a charity for revert Muslims, converts like myself. I think there wasn't much work being done to support the new Muslim community. And, you know, people would feel very entitled and say to me, hey, tell me your convert story. And that was fine because mine's a nice, positive, fuzzy kind of story. But for many reverts, they reverted in prison. They came to Islam through through drugs, you know, through being a gangster or whatever. So for some people, it's very painful to talk about how they became Muslim. And I, I didn't realise that. So the charity I'm involved in um, is very sensitive towards that. And What's it called, the charity? It's called New Beginnings. They're a Manchester-based charity. All right, OK. Yeah, so that, that's been nice for me to be able to give back to the community that I'm from. Yeah, yeah, interesting. So what's your mission in life? Uh, I want to be rich. I'm not going to shy away from it, you know. Muslims are taught, Muslim women, we have a lot of money hang-ups, you know. We're taught that to be a pious Muslim woman is to be a, a woman in poverty. I want to change that narrative. Yeah. I think actually our community will benefit from people who are financially successful, who are positive role models, who present an alternative narrative to the youth who are vulnerable, you know, our, our Muslim youth are very vulnerable to elements of society that aren't going to serve them. So I think, well, if we can show that you can attain wealth through halal means, through positive means, mm. that's really my mission, to be that person who People could think, well, if Samara's done it, you know, she's bipolar, she's got ADHD, she's autistic, you know, she's had a tough life. I've lived in social housing. I have been on the dole. If she can do it, then why not me? Yeah, that's powerful. Do you have a number in mind when you say rich? You, like, g give me some numbers. My husband, went before I met him, when he was 18, went to Hajj. And you know when you're 18, you make these crazy du'as. He says, right, I want a wife who I love family and I want to be a millionaire and look it's it's happened so yeah. I'd say never diminish your du'as you know if you want to be a millionaire you you ask for it it may well happen but for me once I hit the seven figures alhamdulillah I was happy now I just want to manage the wealth you know in a positive way so that my children can um, inherit from me so yeah no number in mind I probably should is probably my failing yeah. but no I've got where I want to be yeah so you're comfortable yeah okay well is there anything else you want to share before we wrap this master class of FBA Ooh, up? amazing <laughs> so yeah um, people say is Amazon FBA oversaturated is it, is it still worth doing just want to wrap up and say Amazon needs more sellers the high street unfortunately is pretty dilapidated and, and dead now I will never go shopping in the high street. Do you not think it's coming back? No. No, not really. Like the artisan coffee shops, there's a nice kind of cafe culture. Mm. Um, but as much as people say they want to support independent businesses, 
It rains a lot in our country. It's hard to find parking. It's just easier, isn't it, to log on to Amazon, click one button and know that your item's going to arrive the next day. Yeah. So I'd say to anyone skeptical or on the fence, you know, don't rule it out. If you're an Amazon buyer, you know, if you're a customer as Amazon, why let them take all your money? Be a seller as well. You know, recuperate some of that shopping habit you've got, you know, and earn some money. So don't listen to people who failed at Amazon FBA. You know, you'll get people say, oh, it doesn't work. Well, it doesn't work because you tried it by yourself with no coach, no experience. You can't be an electrician without being trained, you know. So get the right support then you will make Amazon FBA work for you. Yeah. Just one last question. What's your favorite um, holiday destination? You know, so I have a special needs son, so we actually can't go and splash the cash on holidays because he's autistic, he doesn't travel well. So I've not really been on holiday, you know, one of those beach holidays. I've, I've not been on one. Really? But I do like Istanbul. We went there for a business meeting. <laughs> it's all business this year um, to meet some suppliers, but I loved Istanbul, incredible um, place. So you can't travel then? I can, but I can't take my little one with us. So to me, going on a two week beach holiday, well, it would be incredible and who'd say no, but I wouldn't be able to bring him. So- Which uh, will be difficult for yeah, you Yeah, so go. I'd just be on, on edge and anxious and feeling, oh, how is he, you know? So no, yeah. I'd rather, I guess Mate. you can drive, right? Yeah. <laughs> Through yeah. Europe. Yeah. So my home's my sanctuary. I've got myself a hot tub. So that's about, you know, when I want to switch off, I'll go in my hot tub. Yeah. I found a slug in it the other day. It'd be, I'm left thinking, right, <laughs> do I drain the hot tub? It'll take three hours to warm up again, or do I just brave it out? Me and the slug, and that's what I went for. <laughs> well, you braved it out. I braved it out, yeah. Wow, okay. <laughs> you know, fortune favours the bold in life. Sometimes you've got to be courageous. <laughs> uh, well, listen, thank you so much for coming down today. Oh, um, a pleasure. It's been, it's been massively educational for me as well to understand how FBA works and... I'm sure people have picked up what you've said and if they um, want to reach out to you, we'll put you everything, all the links that send it to us and we'll put it in the description below. Thank you so much. I appreciate and it. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having me on. It's been so, so fun. Jazakallah. <laughs> That's a wrap. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this episode insightful and if you did, make sure you subscribe so you won't miss the next one. Don't forget, we are also on YouTube. You can watch these interviews in full there too and join the discussions in the comments. Just search Ibi Aslam Uncensored. There's new episodes every week, so I'll see you there.